So I want to wish you an absolutely Merry Christmas. So glad to have everyone here this morning, especially not only those of you that are live streaming, but you guys that are joining, not only you guys that are here in the auditorium live, but those of you that are live streaming with us, we're absolutely humbled and honored that you chose to be with us this morning. Just want to remind you of a very important aspect of our worship assembly is, uh, it is, uh, is our offering that we bring to God every week. You guys are incredibly faithful. And so we just want to remind you, can, there's four different ways we've made it possible for you to give your offering. You can mail a check to the church address. You can give an automatic draft through your bank. It's really easy to do that. You can go online to our website. Sarah's made it very easy. There's a box that says give, click on that, follow the instructions. Or if you are here in person, there's a basket right there in the middle of the, on the table. And so what we want to do before we get started, in every single one of our lessons, we've introduced our Advent lessons with a video by our very own Adeline, Addie Leonard. And so let's watch one of those and jump back into Micah again. Like Very I your supply of Charleston Pop-Tarts, and I would like to get a free vacation to Hawaii and a gift card to Lone Star Steakhouse for $200. Please, Santa, come on. I would want all the money in the world so I could help the poor. What would you like for Christmas? I would like eight gifts for Hanukkah. Yeah. What would you like for Christmas? I, I would like shoes and a dog. What would you like for Christmas? I want the same thing that Jesus wants. Unity. Hello, mother of mine. What would you like for Christmas? I would like a professional family photo. What would you like for Christmas? To be with my family. Taylor, what present do you want for Christmas? Um, a new camera. Hello, what would you guys like for Christmas? I think if there's one thing we learned from that video, our take home is how shallow our preacher is, you know. I want all the money in the world to help the poor. Someone said, I want to, uh, what was one of them? I just want what Jesus wants. And then our preacher wants the year's supply of cherry frosted pop tarts. Hey, so, so anyway, did you get what you wanted for Christmas? Well, let me ask you this, and I'm, I want you to help me with this, okay? I'm going to walk back over here. I'm going to start in this corner, and I've got a microphone. What exactly did you get for Christmas? If you want to tell me what you got for Christmas, raise your hand. What did you get for Christmas, Gracie? A new backpack. You're wearing it. That's all right. What did you get for Christmas? Who else over here? What did you get for Christmas, Essie? A crystal growing set. What did you get for Christmas? Did you get your dog? No. Come on, Mom and Dad. What did you get for Christmas? All of my children together and my mother. Speaking of an incredible Christmas present, we have a mother whose children came all the way from Barcelona. Isn't that amazing? They're sitting right here, and we actually have Laura who's here from Spain. I'm so glad to have you guys here. Skylar, what'd you get? She really wanted a Harry Potter book set. I thought she was going, and oh, I didn't get it, but she got it. That's amazing. Okay. I've been talking with Abigail what she wants for like months. And the question is, what did you get for Christmas? Did you get what you wanted? What did you get? Say that again. 
A toy suitcase with a backpack. Okay, it's a suitcase for her toys, right? A toy suitcase with a backpack. Who else got what they wanted for Christmas? Raise your hand. What did you get for Christmas? I got a Queen's Strike record. A what? I got a, a vinyl record. A vinyl record? Do you have something to play it on? I do. That's amazing. What did you get for Christmas? Sorry? Like you have such a sweet, soft voice. What did you get? EMT kit. An EMT kit. An e emergency medical technician kit? Are you kidding me? What did you get for Christmas besides your grandparents all the way from Scotland? What is that? It's like, uh, technically, it's like an alpaca that's so stuffy. An alpaca? Did you get some more chapstick, Caitlin, for Christmas? Like 30 packets like you'd want? That's a, what did you get for Christmas, Abigail? A glow necklace. A glow necklace? Who can be? Alexander, what did you get? Yell yeah, so we can hear you. Sorry? Rollerblades and a flute. You have your flute with you? Do you want to come play us a song? So, I remember when I was a little boy, and I w- it, was, um, it was Christmas, and I was sitting on the couch, and I had a, a box, a Christmas present box that I was opening. Take your Bibles and turn to Micah. Actually, that's where we are. Micah chapter 6. It's been our theme verse. And it was a... It was a Christmas box, and you know you, you unwrap the present, and you're so excited because you just, just the magic of what could be inside. And I opened the package, and inside the box were some socks and a belt. And I don't know if it was the same, I don't know if it was this same Christmas or not, but I remember we always had the... Uh, stocking hanging on the on the on the mantle I'm losing my words right now and so my stocking was just bulging with all kinds of stuff and I just wondered what could it be and I ran over there and I poured out my stocking and it was filled with walnuts and pecans but they weren't chocolate covered they were just still in the shell with mandarin oranges and (laughs) I don't mean to be ungrateful or anything okay and I know I need to eat, all right? And, and I know I need clothes to wear. But I was really wanting a G.I. Joe, and I was wanting a BB gun. Oh, for so long, I wanted a BB gun, but my parents wouldn't let me have a BB gun. And you know why my parents wouldn't let me have a BB gun? Because my mother would always say, if you have a BB gun, you will... You shoot your eyes out. (laughs) There's a chapter for mothers, and they all read that chapter. For the month of Advent, we've been in the book of Micah, because Micah is not just some random book, but Micah, he's like a prophet who set the stage for Christmas with this beautiful prophecy of Jesus, one of the clearest prophecies of Jesus coming here in Bethlehem. And with each of our lessons in the Advent series, we've been asking the question, what does God, not what do you want, although we've been playing with that, right? What does God want for Christmas from you? And we don't have to speculate and wonder. We're told right here, and this has been our verse, we've been looking at every single Sunday in our Advent series, what God wants is in chapter 6 and verse 8, he's told you. 
oh man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? And then he gives us the list, three things. To do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And you see, if, if, if you look at the story of, of, of the people in the day to whom Micah was speaking, they were bringing all these gifts and offerings to God, and God was looking at it thinking, yeah, this is good, and this is nice, but you know, I would just really like it if you'd treat people kindly and respect me and honor me as God. And kids, it's kind of like when you buy a present for your children, for your parents. You don't have children yet for your parents. Okay, so you can get your mom and you get your dad maybe some tools. That's usually a, a good guess. Get them some tools or some chocolate. Maybe you can get your mom a pretty scarf or you can get her some lotion. You, I like it. That is the go-to. If you can't think of anything else, get her lotion. And your parents, those, those are nice things. Those are good things. But you know what your parents want more than anything? It's just for you to respect them and to honor them and not to argue with them and not to fight with your brothers and sisters. That's, that's really, kids, your parents are going, are you listening to him? That's really what your parents want, even more than a lotion, a scarf, or tools. And it's the same for us, regardless of our age, with God as our Father. What God really wants, he's telling us here in the book of Micah, is to honor him and to respect him. And we do that by the way we treat others. And if we're going, well, what does he mean by that? He says, well, let me tell you. I mean, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And so, so we have unpacked in two of our previous lessons what it means to, to walk or act justly and to, to love mercy Today we're going to look at this third gift that God desires from us. It's the gift of humility. Or as Micah says it, to to walk humbly with your God. Our question is, well, what is humility? Why is it important? And why did I get up on Christmas morning to come and hear about humility? I thought we were going to talk about Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus and the angels and the shepherds. Listen, one of the main themes that God wants you to see in the Christmas story in Bethlehem is the theme of humility. The word that Micah uses here for humble, it means to be lowly, which means not to think of yourself as higher or above everyone else. You know why you shouldn't think of yourself higher and above everyone else? It's because you're not. To be humble is to not think of yourself as better than other people. You know why you shouldn't think of yourself as better than other people? Because you're not. It means to not put yourself at the top. To not put yourself in front of others. To not be selfish. To not always be insisting on, this is what I want. But to live your life thinking about, what do others around me want instead? Humility means to not live your life to bring attention to yourself. Which, that's kind of like the opposite of the way we feel. At least most of us. Our instincts tell us 
the opposite. You know, one of the first words, I would say maybe the second word we learn as children, first one's probably no, the second we learn, word we learn is mine. And I don't think there's ever a parent that says, okay, now say this with me and say it with attitude, mine. We don't teach our kids that word, but there's something about that that they just figure out because there's something in us that's thinking about me. It sure seems like we have an obsession with selfies, right? Why? Because it's about self. Here's a picture of me. Here's another one of me. Here's another one of me. Look what I did. Look what I did. That, that's something in us that loves that. Our world tells us you want to win? Get out front and push others out of the way to succeed. Our world tells us you have to promote yourself. Get what you want. Fight what, for what you want. Fight for your rights. Live your life to make a name for yourself so that everyone will know when you die how great you are. And we've been hearing a lot that phrase in, in the political world, make America great again. And I'm all for our nation being great. But what is greatness? And where is it found? And I believe that what we need more than anything else is for God to be great in our nation. For it is a, it, it, it is a nation and a people who walk humbly with their God that he exalts and uses mightily for his purposes. That's what we should be aiming for. But it's pride. That's the opposite of humility. It's pride that sets the stage for the fall of a nation or the fall of a people. And we see that here in the story of Micah and his people to whom he was speaking. He tells them in chapter 2 and verse 3, you shall not, and there's so much to tell you about pride and humility in Micah, but I just don't have time to talk about it all today. But I will say, to this, say this to you. He says, you, he tells the people, shall not walk haughtily. And to not walk haughtily, that's just another way of saying, you shall not walk pridefully. That means you shouldn't be walking with your nose up in the air, looking down on others because you know that you're better and you're above everyone else. And he doesn't just randomly say, well, let's just walk humbly with our God. He was saying that because this was something that was lacking in their lives. You read Second Chronicles and Second Kings, the history of these people when Micah was prophesying, read Micah, they were oozing with pride in their lives. They weren't humble and lowly. They were prideful. They were haughty. They were arrogant. They thought they were better than everyone else. When Micah says, man, you guys are about to fall mightily. Absolutely not. We are invincible. A mighty nation. They had turned away from God to idolatry. Because they didn't need God. So they thought. But of such pride, we read in Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And the people and nation of Judah to whom Micah was speaking were about to experience a mighty fall and the destruction of their nation and the destruction of their lives and it was because of their selfish pride. 
So God sends Micah to call them. He doesn't say, be humble. Did you notice that in this verse? He doesn't say, be humble. Because humble is not something you try to do. He says, walk humbly with your God. It's something that happens to you when you begin to walk with God. How in the world can you be anything else but humble when you're walking by the side of God. As you walk by God's side, you grow to realize that you're not the greatest. And you never were and you never will be because he alone is. You learn when you walk with God that the world actually doesn't revolve around you. You learn that it's not all about you. It never has been and it never will be. We learn by walking with God that we're to live our lives not to make a name for ourselves, as the world tells us, but to make a name for God. Therein lies greatness. Now I would suggest that another way of saying to walk humbly with your God, as Micah calls us here, is is simply to follow Jesus. And so that's where the Christmas story comes in. As Micah gives us a picture of Jesus being born in Bethlehem. You see, humility is the essence of the Christmas story. And I believe Micah makes this clear. We, I think it was last night, we sang this song, O Little Town of Bethlehem. And I think you emphasized the word little. And I believe that wasn't just some random title that the author gave to that song. I think he had in mind Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. Where, where Bethlehem is described in that way, where he says, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. The Hebrew word that's used there for little, it means the same thing as humble. It means to be lowly. It means to be insignificant, to be small. And be despised to be the least. I'm right now in the book of Joshua. And as you read through Joshua, you see how the people of God went into the land. And they they conquered the land. And now it's time to divide the land up into all the people. And here you get this city, you get this city, you get this region. And there's no mention of Bethlehem anywhere in the story. And that's because who cares about Bethlehem? Who knows where Bethlehem is? Bethlehem was too little. Here's the point. The significance of Bethlehem lies in its in significance and that's just God's way the apostle Paul tells us in in first Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 28 God chooses the lowly and despise things that's the humble of this world we may look at this story and say of course the the prideful rich people of Micah they Bethlehem why would he ever choose Bethlehem but he did You may look in the mirror and say, why would he ever choose me? But he did. And this description of where Jesus was born, it's it's not just a description of where Jesus was born, but it's a snapshot of who he was and who he is and of his character. And it's a snapshot of the model and the example that we're called to follow, which you've got to love. 
God never says, you go and do that. He always calls us to what he's already done himself. And Jesus is, we're called to walk humbly before our God in Micah chapter chapter 6. And it's in chapter 5, we see an example of that, of Jesus born in the little town of Bethlehem. And so these are the exact same words in Philippians chapter 2. The apostle Paul is like echoing Micah in the theme of humility. This is quite a familiar passage to many of us. He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. One of the translations has vain conceit. But in humility, count others more significant. I want you to listen to this verse. I want you to burn into your heads and go down in your heart because I want you to take it home with you in your practical application for your homework. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. What does it mean to walk humbly before you, with your God? That's it. And then Paul does just like Micah does. He says, look at Jesus and you'll see what I'm talking about. He goes on and he says, in being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. It was as Jesus lowered himself, humbled himself, that God lifted him up, God exalted him, and used him in mighty ways. There is greatness. That is where it's found. And so in each of the lessons of the Advent, I've given you a a practical homework assignment like a a to-do. And and the one I thought of today is, is could you not take, go back, go back to that verse, previous verse there, Lauren. Could you take that verse and the the verse before it there in Philippians 2, 8 through, Philippians 2, 3 through 9. What would happen to your life if every morning you got up in the month of January and the first thing you did in the morning was read those verses and said, God, help me to do that today in my life. Help me to live my life, not out of selfishness what I want, but help me to live my life putting others above myself. Help me like Jesus to get up and say, today you will be a servant to everyone with whom you come in contact with. It's as you do that, you'll find greatness. That church is the true spirit. That is the true meaning of Christmas where Christmas is not all about you and what you want but it's about giving God what God wants and what does God want he has told you to walk humbly with your God let's stand and pray together Father, we receive these ancient words that you spoke by the Holy Spirit through Micah and recorded because they are so incredibly relevant for our lives. As we turn our eyes and to look into Bethlehem and the story of Jesus, may we see the story of greatness that is found in humility. May we hear every day your call for us to walk humbly with you. And may this be manifested practically in the way we treat others. We continue now in, in this prayer song. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the senior minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. 
Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.